Hello my friends, summertime is on its way. That means warmer temperatures are going to be here before you know it. Are you ready? Don't let the hot air sneak up on you. Call my friends at American Heating and Air Conditioning today. Dusty and his team have over 35 years of experience on their side and they can resolve any heating and air conditioning problems that might come your way. Call 918-336-9171 today. Don't delay. Call 918-336-9171. American Heating and Air Conditioning. You're listening to the Northfield Radio Program where faith, family, and culture all collide with the biblical worldview. There is a war that's raging for the hearts and the minds and the spirits of men and women. And you and I as Christians are on the forefront of that battle. The question is, what will you do? To find out more about the Northfield Radio Program and Caleb Gordon, go to www.calebgordon.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Radio Program. So excited that you're here with me today. As always, I want to say thank you to our friends at Outpost Coffee for providing us with incredible caffeinated beverages. If you have not gotten one lately, you really need to go in and pick one up. They're in downtown Bartlesville. You can check them out at outpostcoffeeco.com. Incredible stuff. Gotta, gotta try it. So on the program today, I want to talk about broken male culture. Uh, I, I think the world in which we live is just really insane. It's just it's really messed up. And I think the reason is because we have men who no longer value things that are um, righteous. I mean, we, we, we pursue things that are unrighteous and we pursue things that are no longer holy. And, and uh, broken male culture is a real thing. It's, it's just, it's not just a buzzword or a, and I'm just, I'm, op- I'm opening my Bible here to second Timothy chapter three, because I, I want us to see through the power of the text, what God uh, is showing to us in, in in the midst of. I mean, I I believe firmly that we are living in the last days. I, I just do. Uh, I believe that God's God's coming back. I, I I'm not a date setter, but I do believe we've got we're seeing this. Second Timothy chapter three, verse one tells us this. But understand this: that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. Like we're here. Like it's difficult. Um, people will be lovers of themselves. Uh, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, uh, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, but they have an appearance of godliness, but they deny the power. And the scripture says we are to avoid such people. So, our culture looks down on men who are leading their families. That's I mean, that's it. even inside the church world, we see men who are trying to lead their families well, and they're just I mean they're made fun of to some degree. They're they're, they're oh you look at you being all holier than thou, blah 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 blah. And I it's just one of those things that I I get frustrated with uh, men who are trying to stand for biblical principles. Uh, they're looked down on. Uh, if you have a priority in making sure your wife and your children are plugged in at church, not just going to church, but they're pl- actually plugged in to church, um, you're called radical, you're called crazy, you're called a fanatic, you're called narrow-minded. Um, and, and this is just something that, that you know, 
is really sad because it's not just happening outside of the church, it's inside the church as well. Because we have men who don't value church. They don't value things of the scriptures. They just sort of kind of do their thing. They live their life and they, you know, they, they check the box and go to church, you know, and most of the time it's to keep the wife happy. And that's just one of those things I, I, I'm frustrated with because I believe we've got men who are in the church who if we're just unleashed, if we could unleash the men in our church, the world would be transformed. Um, I look at the media, and men are made out to be completely, you know, incompetent and inept. They're blundering idiots. Um, I, I look. I think of like the the sitcoms, like the Disney sitcoms and things like that. Uh, the kids are made out to be the genius. Mom's like sort of kind of the glue that holds everything together, and Dad just sort of kind of like that he can even talk and walk at the same time is a miracle. And so it just, it's so frustrating um, that male culture in America is so broken. And I get it's broken all over the world, but I, I want to focus in on America that's what, because that's where I live. We desperately need men who know what it means to be a man. Every man, uh, Kenny Lux says, every man is like a stick of dynamite. And, and you have a blast radius, and you're either bla your blast radius is either for the glory of God and for the good of men and women around you, or it's for your own selfish interest, and it and it's just to the detriment of men and women around you. And, and our culture, our culture, when you hear the phrase "act like a man," like we we it, a lot of things come up. If you just Google "act like a man," you you get some weird images and some weird websites, and um. You know, we look at you know things like video games, sex, porn, hunting, fishing, things of these nature of that nature. And what I want to try to help us unpack is that God's got a plan for men, and we have to we have to be plugged into God's Word in order to to get a hold of this properly. And so, what I want to try to do is unpack from the text what God's trying to trying to relate uh, to what a godly man looks like. So, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 says this. It says, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, and act like men. Be strong, and let all that you do be done in love. That's verse 14. So, I just want to unpack this for a minute and look at this. So, it just says, the first part of this text, it says, Be watchful. Like, men, we're called to lead, provide, and protect. Like, that's what a watchful man does. A watchful man is checking things out, making sure things are done properly. Um, they, they, they lead their families well. They, they don't just lead, you know, in the business world. They're to lead in the home. They're to lead in the spiritual areas of life. They're to talk about Christ when they wake up, when they go to bed. They're to pray with their kids. They're to pray with their wives. And, and like, Christian men, you know what's funny? Christian men, when they're in church, man, they're all they're all ears and all ready to like. If somebody's like, "Hey, you know, let's get together as us as men and we'll pray," and so you've got these men that will pray together as men in their small group, which I think is a great thing. But when's the last time we as men prayed with our wives? Like, I want us to think about that because here's the thing: our wives really know us. They know that sometimes we're fake. They know that sometimes we're messy. Like they've seen us in like the you know physically and like metaphorically they've seen us naked <laughs> they know us they know everything about us and it's tough like it's tough to lead your family because the enemy doesn't want you to lead your family so 
He's going to push to try to get you not to even get involved or be involved in those things. But the Bible calls us to be watchful. Like, we're to watch out. Like, watch out for what's going on around you. Be, um, 2 Peter 5, 8. You got to see this, because I think this is, this is important, too. Or, I'm sorry, 1 Peter 5, 8 says this, be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him! Resist him, stand firm in your faith, and know that the same kinds of trials or sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood around the world. So, Peter's telling the same thing that um, we were seeing in 1 Corinthians. So, Peter's saying, hey, listen, be sober-minded, be watchful, like, this is what you're called to do as a man. You're supposed to watch out. Be on guard. Watch out for your families. Watch out for your wife. Watch out for your kids. Lead them, not just in the business, like taking care of the finances and, and making sure the money's there, but also take care of their spirituality. Like, be involved. Pray with your kids. Teach them. Show them the scriptures. Show them what it looks like to be a follower of God. Like, that is so big. And, and then that it just leads from being watchful into that next idea of standing firm in your faith. Men are called to stand up for biblical morality. Like, the world in which we live is a mess. Like, it is a mess when it comes to males, men. I mean, look at all the stuff that's happened over the last several years. We've got all these people that are, uh, these men who have abused their positions of power um, with women, with industry, with all these other, all this stuff. And, you know, we got the hashtag Me Too movement and all that stuff where there, I think there's pieces of that that are really, really legitimate. But I think all of that disappears when men become healthy spiritually and emotionally. They're no longer trying to chase after the things that the, the flesh says, or, or, you know, the word says that the flesh is never satisfied. Like we're never satisfied. And so men are called to stand up for biblical morality. For, and for some reason... We have had to begin to apologize. This is crazy. The Christian men have to apologize. We have to apologize for standing up for what the Bible says is right. And um, we're, we're, you know, this is the big one. Oh, you, you can't judge. Don't, don't you judge. Here's the thing. The Bible says we can't judge someone's eternal state. Like, you and I don't get that call. We can't judge the eternal state of mankind. But here's what we can do when the Bible says judge rightly. It doesn't say don't judge. It says judge. If you're going to judge, judge rightly. Like we make judgments calls all the time. You and I make judgments. When we meet someone, we see someone, the way they shake their hand, shake our hands, the way they look at us, the way they look physically, we all make judgment calls. Every one of us make a judgment call. And sometimes those judgment calls are right, and sometimes those judgment calls are wrong. So here's what, ultimately, you can't determine where someone is going to spend their eternity. But here's what you can do. You can make the judgment call of, hey, is this person living a lifestyle that measures up to the Bible? The scripture says you'll know them by their fruits. You'll know if somebody's a believer by their fruits. Like, that's that's a big thing. And so, we're to stand firm in our faith, men. We're to stand firm for biblical morality. We're st we're to stand up for what's right. We're not to apologize when oh well I don't want to judge their lifestyle because you know who are we to say that they can't do what they want to do? Well, the scripture says that we can't. Like this is everything from lying, stealing, cheating, uh, um, 
fornication, that's sexual sin in heterosexual and homosexual. It doesn't matter. Like if you're not in the covenant of marriage and you're having sex whether with a man or a woman, it's sin and the scripture says you should not do that and it's like it's very clear. Like there's no there's no wiggle room on this. He says don't commit sexual sin, whether it's hetero or homo. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. Absolutely doesn't matter. We're not to apologize for having a moral compass. Like men, don't don't apologize for having a biblical, true north moral compass. People say, well, only God can judge me. Here's the deal. Yeah, you're right. God does judge your eternal soul, and that should frighten you. Like that should concern you that, oh, you know, God can only judge me. If you're not living to the standard of what God's laid out in the scriptures, you will be judged properly and you will have an eternal um, problem. It's called hell. So we're, we're, we're called to stand firm in our faith. We're to talk about um, things that matter in the culture, like abortion. Like we're to stand up for the defenseless men. Like, that's what we're called to do. Like, my state, where I live in Oklahoma, and we're we're battling this thing right now. We're trying to, like, soft sell this. Oh, uh, we're going to do the heartbeat. Which, okay, that's great that we're doing the heartbeat bill. But here's what needs to happen. Abortion needs to be abolished. It needs to be illegal. And this is what the, the advocates say for this. They say, well, wait a minute, Caleb. If you... If you make abortion illegal, then people are going to go, you know, back street alleys and they're going to get abortions illegally. Yes, but it's still a crime. Like, it, it's a crime to do meth. And, and you are prosecuted if you do meth. Yes, it's illegal, but people still do it. But when they are caught doing meth, they get in trouble or whatever it is. Like, if it's a crime, you should be punished for it, period. So we should stand up for what's right. Stand up for what's right. Now, the next part of the text says, act like a man. Be strong and act like a man. We as men are called to be strong, not weak. No, we don't, we don't need sausage, as my dad says, sausage-spined men. We don't need, I love that terminology. We don't need that. We need men who are strong. We're called to stand up for the weak. We're called to stand up for the weak. Husbands should be, like I said earlier, praying with your wives. Boyfriends, pray with your girlfriends. You need to lead your girlfriend to the feet of Christ, not to the foot of your bed. Like, that's huge. That's that's big. If we start, if men started when they were dating their girlfriends, praying with them, leading them to the feet of Christ, we'd have less divorce and less problems in our marriages. Period. We just wouldn't. We wouldn't. Husbands or fathers, you're to love your children and pray with your children. You're to stand up for the weak, period. That's what you're called to do. Um, Joshua 1 1 9 says, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? I've, called, I've, I've commanded you. This is a command from the Lord. Be strong and courageous and don't, don't, don't be afraid. Why? Because God's with you. God's with you in the midst of all of this. Our churches need men who are strong. We need men who are committed and long to be in their churches serving and, and doing things that are going to matter in 10,000 years. Like, a bulk of men don't go to church. And I get it. We feminize, we feminized church so much that a lot of guys are like, I don't want to be a part of it. Like, I think churches should be a little bit more masculine. I, I just do. I think more men... Uh, if I, if they had messages that were geared, which that as I as a pastor, I'm a pastor and I 
I want to try to gear my message more towards the men because if we get men who are connected into their churches and pour, and we and we as a church pour into solid men's ministries, and we get men who are healthy, and we get men who are spiritually and emotionally healthy through immersing them in God's word, everything else is going to work out. Your your children's ministry is going to go well. Your women's ministry is going to go well. Your youth ministry is going to go well. All of those things are going to go well because you've got a man who is being poured into, loved on, and he's shown what it looks like to be a godly man. So as a result of it, all of that spills out of a man's life into the areas of the home. When you've got godly men sitting in the in churches, absorbing God's word, immersing themselves in God's word, it's going to shift and transform the home. Period. Like, I want, just think about the good things that could be or would happen if men stepped into the roles that God played or laid out for them to, to play. What would it look like if men actually stepped into the roles that God has called them to play into? Like, I just think it, it transformed the world. Like, the whole, t- the whole idea of the text tells us here, he says, listen, if you, you do all these things, stand up for what's right, follow, I'm going to go back to the text here, and, and you, you act like a man and you're strong, and then at the end of this, let all you do be done in love. Let all that you do be done in love. This is an issue that's haunting the church, guys. This is an issue that's haunting the church world on a whole scale level. We have men who come and sit in pews on Sunday mornings and still continue to live in a life that's not transformed. And I've said this before, where we've got men who just, and women, but I'm, I'm gearing this towards men right now. We've got men who just sit in church and they just are stone cold, unmoved by the things of God. And I just, I've said it before, We've got men that are affiliated with Jesus and not activated. They're not activated for the cause of Christ. But what would it look like if men got activated for the cause of Christ? What if it moved from them just knowing about Jesus to experiencing Jesus of the Bible, understanding the God of the Bible? Can you see the transforming power that could just radiate into men's lives? Man, how, how crazy would that be? Um, here's here's what an affiliated man is. So just we got affiliated versus activated. Affiliated man really holds on to anger and grudges because he thinks that um, it's his right to do so, and that anger is a lot of times um, pushed out in the homes, pushed out in businesses. Uh, an activated man forgives his fellow man immediately. An activated man for the cause of Christ will forgive quickly and rapidly because he understands that God himself has forgiven him of much. So men who have been forgiven of much will forgive much. Like there's no hesitation on their part. Why? Because they understand the power of Christ's forgiveness in their own life. Um, an affiliated man will pray with others, um, sort of kind of just shallow prayers. They won't have really pointed prayers. Um, and they'll just, they won't really care about that, the idea of prayer in their life. It'll be just sort of kind of something they do. But an activated man will make it a priority to lead not only his church, but 
primarily he'll, re, he'll he'll lead his wife and his children in prayer before anyone else, and then he, that'll spill over into the uh, the rest of the church. Um, golly, an activated man um, in the church it, it, it will be somebody that doesn't just go to church, but he's actually involved in church. He's ready to go. He's ready to to be a part of. He's ready to serve. He's willing to he's willing to share the gospel. An activated man for the cause of Christ doesn't need to be a pastor. Like I, I see this so often. People say, well, you're a pastor, Caleb, and you preach, and you, you travel and speak and do all that stuff. And I'm like, that's true, yes. That is true. But uh, even if I wasn't doing this, uh, an activated man, I would be doing this. I would be sharing Christ even if I wasn't a pastor. Because it's our job as Christians to share the gospel. Matthew chapter 28 tells us this. Matthew chapter says, go into all the world and make disciples. He didn't, God, Jesus didn't say, go into all the world and make disciples if you're a pastor, if you've got theological training, if, no, he said, go, if you're a Christ follower, if you love and follow me, go into all the world and make disciples. Like, that's what we're called to do. And like I said, the list can go on and on and on, but I think you get the idea. There's a big difference between saying, you know about Jesus, and there's a whole, it's a whole different ball game to truly have an authentic, real, vibrant, living, breathing, activated relationship with Jesus Christ. And my heart's cry is for men and women to have this. When you're activated for the cause of Christ, this is when not only your life is transformed, but you begin to transform the lives of people around you. Remember what I told you in the beginning of this podcast? Um, I said that everyone has a, every man has a blast zone, has a blast radius. Like they affect people. Here's the thing. We don't get to sin in isolation and we don't get to live for Christ in isolation. Like both of these have a blast radius. Both of them do. And so you've got men who love Christ well and those that blast zone reaches the masses. You've got men who don't follow Christ well, and they have bad things that come out of their lives, and that sin that happens in their lives, it, there's a blast zone radius from their sin as well. You say, okay, well, that's crazy. One man can't do all that kind of damage. Okay, let me just, I'll give you two names. Billy Graham, and, and let me, okay, let me just, I get that some of you might say that Billy Graham's theology was crazy, but let, let's just go with this. He had a passion to want people to know Christ, and he had a blast zone radius of millions of people, and he impacted millions of people in the name of Jesus for good. My second name, Adolf Hitler. He had a blast zone radius. He lived in his sin. He was bitter. He was angry. He was. He thought he was superior in his everything. And so that sin, he didn't get the sin in isolation. That actually affected millions and millions and millions of people. And millions died because of that man's sin. So we don't get the sin in isolation and we don't get to live for Christ in isolation. Regardless of where you are, you're going to make an impact. You're going to make, you're going to have a blast zone radius. And some men's blast zones are just within their homes and they affect their wives and their children. And that's a big impact. And there's also men who make an impact not just in their homes, but in their churches and in their communities. That's what we're called to do. We're called to be men who stand up and do these things. Be watchful. 
Stand firm for the faith. Act like men. And everything that you do, let it be done in love. And one of the most loving things you can do is tell someone about Jesus. One of the, if, if you believe, if I believe that there is a hell, if I believe that there is a heaven, if I believe that there is an eternity, and we're not involved in trying to make that happen, guys, I'm telling you right now, we need people to understand that their eternal souls are at stake. And if you believe in these things, and you believe that we're going to have eternity somewhere, one or two places, and we don't say anything, that's, that's the most unloving thing to do. To know someone's going to hell and not at least try to show them through the scriptures that Jesus loves them and that Jesus wants... Like, like that's the thing that drives me nuts. Come on, Christians, let's do this. We should never... I told our, um, told our men's Bible study Monday night, I said, men should never be bored. I hear people say, oh, I'm bored. You know, my kids sometimes, oh, I'm bored. Like, if I ever get bored, I just go to the grocery store or to Walmart or something, and I just ask the cashier, how can I pray for them? And then there's a conversation, and I get an interaction with somebody. I interact with somebody, and I get to tell them who Jesus is. And they get to tell them, hey, listen, Jesus loves you, and I'm going to be praying for you. And I, I, I just, just start there. Like, it's not going to offend anybody. Hey, can I, play, can I pray for you? No one's going to be like, how dare you? <laughs> They're not going to do that. They're going to say, thank you so much for that time. How do I know? Because I've done it with dozens of people. It's impacted dozens of people's lives in the last, I don't know, 10 years of my life. I've done it with dozens and dozens and dozens of people on a on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Not to mention this, the platforms that I stand on. I mean, you guys are listening to the podcast. You're hearing this. So it, it does make a difference. So I want to challenge us. Will you be... Or are you activated or affiliated for the cause of Christ? That's what I want to hope. That's, that's my hope. Is that this is where we go. As men, we push into this idea that Christ is all-sufficient. He's able to do amazing things and that he could transform lives. The gospel is powerful. Romans 1.16 And we show, therefore, because it's got this power, we as Christian men should never be ashamed. Don't be ashamed, but be ready and activated for the cause of Christ. We love, I love you guys so much. Thank you uh, for taking time to listen to the show. Um, if you're interested, just do this. I travel all over the country. I get to share Jesus with thousands of people every year. And man, I would love to come be a part of your next event. Your next, um, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter the, the size. I'll come and I'll share and I'll talk about Jesus. If you're interested in having me come talk, um, go to my website, www. CalebGordon.com. Okay. www.CalebGordon, C A L E B Gordon, G O R D O N.com. And there's a, there's a form there you just fill out, just sort of kind of gives details of your event and tell me what's going on. And man, I want to come partner with you and I want to come share Jesus with your people. I just think that would be so much fun. Um, let's, let's partner together and do some stuff for the kingdom of God. Love you all so much. Thanks for taking time to listen. This program has been brought to you by DSR a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of a families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.